Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Tilks, and I'm joined by the Jordan Henderson to my Darius Henderson. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. They always called him Darius, didn't they? It was never just Darius. How are you, Justin? It's been a short while. <laughs> it has. It feels like I've not been around for a bit. You know, you guest starred Gary Rowe at the weekend. It's all good, mm. all fun and games. Hopefully he's not going to take my job because he's obviously still waiting for his own. But... Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been good. I've, I've missed you, Ryan. I've missed you. You've missed me. No, you I have missed I'm me. Joking. Oh, come on! No, no. You, those were your sincere feelings coming out for a second. Then you decided to turn back on knobhead Justin. Welcome to the Number One Championship Podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Yes, we're going to have a news roundup of everything that's cracking off in the championship since the last time we spoke, Justin. Of course, been quite a bit that's happened actually. We've had three new managers appointed and a load of transfer business. Of course, it's the January transfer window and clubs have not messed around with getting their wallets out. So we'll talk about all of that in this show. Now, you might be thinking, dear listener, Lads, it's midweek. Why aren't you doing your predictions for the weekend? Well, that's because we're doing our preview episodes on Fridays. Yes, that's right. For the remainder of the season, you'll be getting three episodes from us on the second tier. The usual Sunday show, a midweek episode on Thursdays, and now a preview show sponsored by our new friends at SBK every Friday, where we look ahead to the weekend, discuss the big games, make our predictions on the big games and make our predictions for the rest of the championship as well. And of course, that's the new home of Scott High or Ryan Lowe. I know you guys love Scott High or Ryan Lowe. So that's where it will now be taking place every Friday. Exciting stuff here on the second tier. That's our new preview show every Friday, sponsored by SBK. So make sure you join us then for our weekend predictions. I'm excited, Justin. Are you? Don't, don't. Put that on me. Do not ever put that on me. You know I cannot portray excitement. I am excited. Not only have I just been speaking about missing you, I'm going to be seeing you for an extra day per week. So that's gonna that's gonna run dry very quickly. But I'm excited to to really yeah hammer hammer this um, preview show because previews are, are good fun and obviously we've got the predictions and there's a lot of jeopardy on it this season. Not as much jeopardy on my behalf since I'm well, absolutely oh. miles ahead of you in the uh, predictions so far. But you know there's still something for us to tune into and watch Justin's misery get more and more compounded as the weeks go on, go on. So yes, the Friday episode, definitely not one to miss, ladies and gentlemen. But let's talk championship news, Justin. As I say, three new managers for us to discuss here in the championship. And we'll start off with a big one, and it's Birmingham City. They have named Tony Mowbray as their new boss after sacking Wayne Rooney. He signed a two and a half year deal. Uh, what do you think about this, Justin? It's always good to see 
old mobs back in the game isn't it old mobs yeah I, I really do rate Tony Mowbray I, I, I don't think I've said too many bad things about him over the last couple of years which almost gives you an indication of, of how a you know, good and efficient a manager he is at this level. He's he's a really good operator and he's a really good personality as well. I think for a club like Birmingham City who were embarking on what should be, you know, a solid new chapter with the new ownership in the summer. Um it's been a bit bumpy obviously with the poor decision making at the top, but I think Tony Murray is the kind of guy who's just gonna come in, get on with the football side of things, give him certain players that you need to. Um and yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And, and, and most of the time, or, or you know, more often than not, Tony Murphy leaves a club in a, in a much better place. So this is a really exciting appointment for me. There's, there's a lot to dissect from it, but initial excitement is, yeah, it's very, very high for Tony Mowbray. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always happy to see Tony Mowbray in a job because I think he's just a top bloke. I think he's one of those who is, you know, one of the nicest blokes in football, just from what we see other people say, but also when you see him talking to the press, he's yeah. just a top chap, isn't he? But, I mean, when I saw this appointment happen, I was thinking, this is a surprisingly sensible appointment. And the reason I say surprisingly is because of how the previous appointment went. And for me, I when I saw Rooney get sacked, I, I was sure they were going to go and get another big name. Tony Webber, he's not a small name, I suppose, but I'm talking like someone like Frank Lampard, for example. <laughs> However... Mowbray for me is exactly what Birmingham need because yeah. as you say Justin his record of taking clubs from a team in the bottom half to leaving them in or around the playoffs is tremendous he's done it with Sunderland and Blackburn now in recent times and that is exactly what Birmingham need at this stage isn't it he's he's got a great record of developing young players which Birmingham have a lot of plays attractive football seems like the perfect man for the job doesn't he he is. He's not going to sell anything abroad, though, is he? I think that's the the interesting uh, you know, thing about this appointment is he's not a name who's going to be big over in the US. He's going to get you results in the championship and he's going to get you into playoff contention at some point during his, his contract, uh, if you like. But I think his ability to turn, you know, average players players that are just coming out of the academy and you know being bled into the first team his ability to turn them into big assets for football clubs um should be a really attractive proposition for Birmingham I think the only thing that I worry about is the hierarchy making a decision in the summer once they're safe once they're happy once they want to go again that they remove Tony Mowbray and go for a big name once again because they've done it before and there's that lack of trust two and a half year contract though Justin surely that that means that they're going to stick with them until you know his time comes to an end. They gave Rooney a three and a half year contract and they sacked him after eight weeks, yeah, nine weeks. Justin, that was a dumpster fire. It was a dumpster fire, you're absolutely right. But what I'm saying is it's just that lack of trust that's now been developed in that decision making at the football club, especially with a certain Mr. Cook in charge, it does leave you a little bit wary of what they do next. But for the time being, I think Tony Murray's the man to guide them into mid-table obscurity this season which I think is a good thing for them I think it's a very good thing for them um, and he's, he's going to develop players at the same time so not only is he going to deliver on the football side of things but he's also going to create assets at the, uh, within, the, within the squad I kind of agree more with everything you've just said Justin I think one thing I will pull you up on is what you were saying initially about you know how he's not going to you know make news headlines in America I suppose which does beg the question what is the grand plan for these Birmingham owners? Because when the Rooney appointment happened, I was looking at that and people were speculating, are they looking for some sort of documentary thing going on? Um, so whether that's the case, I, I don't really know anymore because the whole point of them 
sacking John Eustace and getting in Wayne Rooney was because they wanted a bigger name. So they, it's, it's all about PR, basically. Exactly. So whether they've kind of just given up on that and just want the club to actually be successful on the pitch, I don't know. But only time will tell, I suppose, won't it? I, I wonder what Tom Brady thought of this particular appointment. <laughs> um, let's go to Swansea. They've appointed Notts County boss Luke Williams as their new head coach on a three-and-a-half-year contract. It's after the sacking of Michael Duff at the start of November. It's taken a bit of while, a bit of a while to find Swansea's new head coach, but they finally got round to doing it, and I think it's an interesting one, Justin. I do. I, I I kind of like it. Kind of, kind of a little bit sceptical on it. Uh, I think the, the the reason why I like it is because obviously his brand of football. It's really exciting. It's really productive. It's possession based. It scores goals. It creates chances. It get it will get fans on the edge of their seats. Um, I, I think I'm right in saying you know he deployed a three five two quite often or a three at the back quite often, which might suit the Swansea side a little bit better. Um, but at the same time, he's not got experience at Championship level as a manager, so that gives you a little bit of scepticism around the um, the appointment. He wasn't first choice. Chris Davis was first choice before he opted to stay at Tottenham Hotspur under Ange Postecoglou. So again, there's that. And there are some defensive issues that have been cited in by you know, previous sort of writers in around football that needs to be worked on or needed to be worked on not County. So again, makes me a little bit wary. But I think Swansea needed a manager who's going to come in. He's young, he's exciting, he fits that brand uh, and he plays a possession-based football, which again is, is really good. And also, I don't know if anyone's seen a clip of him explaining short corners, but there's a clip of him explaining short corners, which is absolutely spot on. Let's have more short corners, please. Yeah, yeah, that, that came after a load of controversy, didn't it, about so people saying, what's the point in short corners? Um, when actually Luke Williams explains really well what uh, what they actually do. For me, Michael Duff didn't feel like a Swansea City manager. Luke no. Williams does. And that is mainly because he is hot on possession football. Notts County have the highest average possession in League Two with 65%. The next highest is 57%. So that gives you an idea of how hot he is on maintaining possession. He's been at the club before, Swansea this is, and gets it. I, yeah. He also has family in the area, as far as I understand. So that's all good. He's done a cracking job at Notts when you've come up against a Hollywood juggernaut in Wrexham in the National League and essentially match them with a lesser budget, still quite a big budget by National League standards, but a lesser budget, that's incredibly impressive. I think there has got to be reservations, though. It's a huge jump from League Two to the Championship, no matter what level your club is at. Not were being tipped for promotion from League Two at the start of the season. They haven't lived up to those expectations. A large part of that is down to their awful defensive record only four teams in league to have conceded uh, more goals than Notts County this season so it is a bit of a risk in that respect but Swansea can take a risk because they're not going to go down this season I'm very confident in saying that and given time this could be a smart appointment if it doesn't then they can just change tact in the near future so I'm I'm fine with this appointment you are you are fine with managers just being sacked. It's the same thing about Joe Edwards. If it doesn't work out, they can just change him. You HR nightmare, walking HR nightmare. You are right. Am I wrong, Justin? Because no, they, they they can, but it does become expensive for clubs. And also, <laughs> finding an unearthing a new manager does then become quite tricky in the future. So, um, 
whilst they can, it's within their right to. It's an expensive process, which does which does add up on the on the club charts. But I, I do agree with you. I do agree with you. Um, you know, if it doesn't work out, they can change. I don't think Swansea will go down. I agree with you on that. Um, but you know, it's about building solid foundations. I think Oli, uh, Alan Sheehan, handsome Alan Sheehan, has done a really good job in sort of guiding the club. Quite a bumpy, quite a bumpy. Um, uh, I guess not process, but journey they've taken from Michael Duff into Luke Williams. I think Alan Sheen's done a pretty decent job um, with what he's needed to deal with and got them in a good position for Luke Williams. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by this one. Not excited, not as excited as Tony Mowbray, but I am intrigued by it. I want to, you know, I want to put in magnifying glass and see how it goes. Yeah. I think the big thing to take away is he's a Swansea City kind of manager. Isn't he? Yeah, exactly. And he falls into the same category of your Russell Martins, Graham Potters, etc. So that's good. Um, and as long as I think Swansea fans will be much more content with the, the club in the long term if they have someone who plays, and I'm using air quotes here, the Swansea way. So that's always a good start. Um, whether he's a set success in terms of results, I think only time will tell if he's got to sort out that defensive record because that's been an absolute yeah. nightmare for Notts County this season. Um, so we'll wait and see on that front. And the final new manager in the championship from the past week and a bit is at Plymouth. They've made former England under-20 manager Ian Foster their new head coach. He's most recently been Stephen Gerrard's assistant at El Etifak in Saudi Arabia. I honestly don't know how this one's going to go. Justin, are you the same? Yeah, pretty much. I think uh, if you sort of blindly look at it, the, the three previous, sorry, the two previous assistant coaches who have assisted Stephen Gerrard, Mick Beale and Neil Critchley haven't exactly had a great time in the last year in the Championship. Obviously, Mick Beale's ominous exit from QPR, Neil Critchley being an absolute disaster at QPR last season. So Ian Voss is coming in with that hangover I guess but it's completely irrelevant he, he's got coaching pedigree which is which is good um, obviously being England in the 20s coach is, is quite a big deal they were world champions not too long ago with Paul Simpson in charge um, so that that's a good thing I think going to Saudi Arabia is, is interesting he was linked with the Charlton job last season this, this time last year sorry so, so you know, that never came about. So why didn't it come about? Was he not ready? Was he trying to want to go for him? Were not convinced by him? So again, that leads to some doubt. They've also got a lot. They've got a lot of things to deal with. They lost two big players this January, um, so he's got to deal with that. So um, yeah, I don't know about this one. I don't know about this one. Well, if you allow me to get on my high horse again, I'm always a big advocate for young, talented coaches to be given the chance to be it's a manager. Seven. That was my point, Justin, before you interrupted me Sorry. so rudely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the main difference is he's not that young, which you're saying he's 47, Justin. He's the ninth oldest manager in the division, but <laughs> has next to no managerial experience at this level. So that's a bit strange, isn't it? And I, I suppose a sceptic might ask, if he's such a good manager or coach, then why is it taking this long for someone to appoint him? Hmm. Ultimately, though, I have got a lot of faith in the Plymouth boards. They're a brilliantly well-run club, so I believe they know what they're doing. If reports are to be believed, it was between Foster, John Eustace or Paul Cook for the job. They could have gone with a more experienced option, but clearly believe this is the right guy to lead them. The other thing is, and I'll add this, that Plymouth are in a similar boat to Swansea where I think they can afford to take a gamble because I'll be I'll be amazed if they were actually in serious danger 
of going down. People may look at the budget at Plymouth and think, well, they could very easily get dragged into it, and especially after the January that they've had so far. However, I struggle to foresee a situation where they finish below two of the current bottom four. I'll say that much. Um, admittedly, though, as we were just alluding to, the job has been made harder with the departures of Finazaz and Luke Kundal, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, that's the thing for me. And that's why I'm not putting my blind faith in good decision making at board level, because good boards can make bad decisions sometimes. It's 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 It can happen. It is how it goes uh, at times. And I don't think Plymouth are, are guaranteed to stave off a relegation battle I, I do think this is the sort of thing that can that can pull you in obviously whether or not think, they Justin, hang on Justin let, let me stop you there do you with this team that has the likes of Morgan Whitaker, who's been in unbelievable form this season and you know a few other players who have been in really good form do you really see them finishing below two of Huddersfield Wednesday QPR and Rotherham I think the thing is, like, there's a lot of uncertainty from my perspective. Definitely not Rotherham. Let's just move Rotherham out of the conversation. Rotherham are not relevant at the moment. <laughs> um, I, I, I think there's a lot of uncertainty with, with Sheffield Wednesday and Danny Rule. He's got them playing and they're going to add to their squad. Um, this January, Huddersfield are adding to their squad under Darren Moore. They've been pretty good at chipping away at results with a probably one of the worst squads bottom bottom three or the worst squad in the championship QPR again maybe maybe not so at least one place up for grads I'm not I'm not ruling out a relegation battle just because the Plymouth board are good at making decisions they've gone through a pretty I wouldn't say traumatic um, few weeks but they've lost three big players at their club Stephen Schumacher the manager Finazaz their chief creator and Luke Kundal who's a very good tidy technical midfielder who fits into that attacking philosophy perfectly so just just I imagine they will strengthen in January no, as well. I imagine they their, their recruitment's amazing isn't it it is amazing but you can't put blind faith into it they've they've gone through a pretty big I'm significant change faith in Plymouth's recruitment so, uh, yeah I, I think my point is they, they concede a lot of goals they can add to their attack. If, they don't, if Ian Foster doesn't get the defence sorted and the attack isn't quite clicking the way it has done in the first half of the season because they've lost two players and a manager who play a big part in that, there's, there's going to be problems. So Ian Foster's got a bigger job than probably what we um, make out it to be. It's, it's a significant thing that he's got to go in and do. And has he got the experience to do it? I don't know. So I'm, I'm just a little bit more, I'm standing off this one. I'm not as convinced as you are. Well, that's fair. You're more than welcome to, you know, be sceptical about it, Justin. As I say, I don't know if this is going to work out or not. But going back to what I said after Stephen Schumacher left for Stoke, I think this is a great opportunity for any manager just because I agree. You, you will be given time at Plymouth. The club's hierarchy is very smart. The recruitment's spot on. It's a really good position for Ian Foster to be in. And if it doesn't work, then... He's shot himself in the foot, really, because he'll be the one to blame, because it's certainly not down to the recruitment or anything like that. Of course, the budget does play a, a factor here. But, you know, Plymouth are just so well run that it's a great foundation that's been set there for them to really kick on. Is Ian Foster the man to lead them into the future? Only time will tell. Justin, let's take a quick break. After that, we'll talk about some of the latest transfer deals in the championship.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. This is a news roundup of everything that's happened in the Championship since Justin and I last spoke. And there's been plenty of transfer deals. So let's talk about some of the confirmed deals that have taken place. And we'll kick off with this one. Fabio Carvalho has joined Hull on loan. Yes, you didn't just hit mishear me. Fabio Carvalho has joined Hull on loan. Justin, I saw reports that Hull were interested and I was like, surely not. Surely he's destined for one of the three relegated clubs and even then that would be a bit of a coup for them. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, he's bloody signed. I'm completely taken aback by this what a move it's an insane coup isn't it it's an insane coup the amount of enthusiasm I have for this this young man is just ridiculous and I know I don't portray it I can't but the enthusiasm I have is just it's building in me I can't wait to see him in this Liam Rossini team and I know I said something similar to uh, around Malcolm Ebioe last season when he joined when he joined Hull when it didn't quite work out but this one is really really top class and the fact that they've beaten other clubs who are probably in a better position to push for promotion, like Southampton, like Leicester. It's just, um, you know, it's just the pull of Liam Rossini again. I think that's the only thing I can put it down to. But what he brings to a team is just ridiculous. In the 21-22 season, he got 18 goal contributions. He was 19 years old, 19, 20 years old doing that. He averaged two chances per game as well, creative-wise. And I think that's really good when you're just coming into the team as a teenager. Um, I think it's uh, an absolutely bonkers addition, and I think it changes Hall from a contender to a to a you know a serious conversation starter uh, within the playoffs. I think they were already in that conversation anyway, Justin. If if we're being if we're being honest, but I'm absolutely amazed that they've managed to pull this move off because we we are talking about a player who was one of the best in the division a couple of seasons ago at the age of 19. He was a key part in the highest scoring team we've ever seen yeah. at championship level, this being Fulham from a couple of years ago. He, looked, he was someone who looked like he was on his way to superstardom. 
And sure, it's not gone amazingly for him since, but we are talking about a player who was deemed so good that RB Leipzig wanted him on loan last summer. The RB Leipzig who finished third in the Bundesliga last season. It's just mad. And yeah. when I saw Leicester getting linked with him, uh, like at the start of the transfer window, I thought, God, that's mad. He'll be way too good there. So for him to move to Hull, and I mean this with no disrespect, you know, Hull are just a team challenging for the top six. It's genuinely astonishing because they are just a playoff chasing team. I'm actually staggered by this whole situation. Yeah, I think... Again, Liam Rossini will play a big part of it, but also the role that Fabio Carvalho will play at Hull, where he's going to be the main man. And I think that's going to be a, a big thing for him. And it's probably a big motivate for, motivate for him as well, because at Southampton Leicester, you'd argue that he, he's more likely to be not a squad option, but he's not going to be the main man in those sides. He's probably not even going to play in his favourite position either. He's probably going to play off the left in both of those sides because they don't play with a, a traditional number 10. Um, not that Carvalho is a traditional number 10. I think he, he suits a number of different roles within a within an sort of attacking team. But I think he's more likely to get that responsibility at all. And I think that's going to be a big thing for him and his development. And Liam Rossini plays an intricate style of play. So does Maresco and, and um, Russell Martin. But I think tactically Rossini is very, very talented. So I think it's a move that suits everybody. And this is, from a whole perspective, this is a really exciting one for them and their supporters. Yeah, and you're spot on about Rosinha, what you were saying just a bit earlier, Justin. I think it says a lot about him as a coach and how he's regarded by other clubs because they've probably looked at the likes of Liam Delap, Scott Twine, etc. and thought, well, look at how well he's got them playing this season. He could be the perfect man for this stage of Fabio Carvalho's development. You know, that goes a long way with Premier League clubs, doesn't it, when mm -hmm. it comes to loaning out players to championship sites. If they've got a proven track record of taking players in, making them a better by the time they leave, you know, clubs will look at that and go, yeah, let's send them there ahead of any other championship club. I think it also says a lot about the ambition of Hull because we said literally last week in our look ahead for the January transfer window that it's exciting to see what Hull will do. Yeah, I never thought it would be this exciting. It really is thrilling. And if there's more to come of this kind of calibre, then my, oh my, Hull mean business this season, don't they? Uh, let's talk about another transfer which I'm a big fan of Justin and that's Finazaz joining Middlesbrough in a permanent deal reportedly worth around £2 million from Aston Villa he had been tearing it up on loan at Plymouth so so much so that we gave him a load of praise on the Sunday before this move happened didn't we so therefore that's evidence that the Middlesbrough hierarchy clearly listened to us mm. Justin uh, but a very smart move this isn't it I think we'll both agree with that yeah very shrewd it's really intelligent as well because we've seen Middlesbrough throw money in previous transfer windows I mean look at the the was it how much did they spend on Jordan Rhodes was it 12 million pounds under yeah, that's Karenka? a long time ago I know it is I know it is it's fair to compare that no I, I know but uh, what I'm what I'm getting at is Teams can make also mistakes if you get to compare transfer transfers from that kind of time, then surely it's Martin Braithwaite, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's just what I mean. Like, teams can make mistakes in transfer windows. I'm, I'm more alluding to a January transfer window. It's very rare that you get a very shrewd, smart addition in transfer in, in, in the winter. It's more so loans and propping up your squads. But this one is is so so smart because he's had such a good season at Plymouth and he's he's taken to the championship very very kindly very very well um, he's been one of the best creators in the division as we were talking about a couple of weeks ago and he's really grabbed his opportunity for Plymouth I'm chuffed for him I'm disappointed for Plymouth because you know Plymouth are a very likeable side and his as is fitted into that perfectly but him and Michael Carrick 
I can't wait to see how it cooks. I can't wait to see how it comes together because he's such a talented creator. And he's got to add a little bit more into that final third. And he scores goals out of, you know, he scores well. The goal he scored against Watford, for example, was just ridiculous. Um, the technique on it was was, was mad. But yeah, that's, um, that th- you know, three of Isaiah, Isaiah Jones, Finazaz, and, you know, one of maybe Riley McGree or Morgan Rogers. And yeah, they've got a lot of talent now in that final third. And that's just, just uh, yeah, adds a bit of the cherry on top of the uh, the ice cream. Yeah, well, as 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 has been incredible this season. So two million pounds for a twenty three year old who's been one of the best players in his position in the division. It's it's just undoubtedly a great bit of business. Michael Carrick likes to play with a number ten behind the striker, doesn't he? They've not really found someone who can fill the gap left by Chubrak Palm. I mean, Matt Crooks has been okay, but nothing exceptional. Finazad's slots in there perfectly and he knows where the back of the net is we saw that in spectacular fashion against Watford a brilliant chance creator loves to run with the ball he's exactly what Middlesbrough have been missing essentially isn't he yeah well that's it isn't it they they, they do lack a little bit of you know a diminutive um, player in that final third the Akpom leaving so there's that but there's not a player there who can ghost into space and find goal scoring positions this season. Ryan McGree, I know I mentioned him already, but he hasn't been in his as good a form as he was last season. Ryan Giles as well, so they, they they're missing that 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 wide that wide supply as well. Whereas Zaz comes in and he has got the ability to knit it all together, and he might be the final piece of the puzzle for for Michael Carrick. And I think we're starting to see a team come together that is probably more resembling his identity and what he wants to put out than than maybe what um, than what he was working with last season. You just say Ryan Giles. Well, yeah, I was alluding to the creative. Uh, problem, oh, uh, the creative fine. aspect from last season. A lot of assists, right. a lot of creativity. I was going to say, you, you are aware that Ryan Giles doesn't play for Middlesbrough. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's go on to this one, Justin. Ipswich have loaned in Blackburn captain Lewis Travis for the rest of the season. Not a move I expected at all. I, I don't know about you. It's, a, it's incredibly random how it came about, but actually, once you hear the context of it, it, it does make sense because obviously Yondal Thompson alluded to Lewis Travis asking to leave in the summer. Not quite happening. So fair play to him, uh, Lewis Travis that is, and Thomason for just getting on with it and not sort of spitting the dummy out uh, because that can happen. But yeah, really, really random. You always question whether Ipswich need him because they've got Massimo uh, Longo, Sam Moore's got Jack Taylor as well. I know Lee Evans has got his injury problems, but he's another central midfielder at the club. Um, and Lewis Travis is probably more so like Luongo and Morsey, probably more so like Morsey in that sense. But yeah, it's incredibly random, but they, they get a leader. They get a leader. So I think it's a, a shrewd addition just how much game time he gets I don't know yeah it is a strange one isn't it because I mean look at one point he was one of the most promising young midfielders outside of the Premier League and his career has stalled a bit since then but he is only 26 the main thing to remember here is Kieran McKenna is excellent at getting players to play at their best Mm -hmm. and if he can get Lewis Travis back on track to fulfilling his earlier potential then this could be a brilliant move alternatively he might just be there to add a bit of depth because Neither Sam Morsey or Massimo Luongo have really put a foot wrong this season, have no. they? That's why Jack Taylor's barely had a chance yeah. in the championship. So it is a bit of a strange move, but I can see the logic behind it. How much game time he actually gets, I don't know. But as you say, he, he is Blackburn's captain. So mm. I guess he adds a bit of leadership behind the scenes as well. Do you think he might be a long-term option for Sam Morsey should the move get made permanent? Well, I, I don't know how. I don't know whether there's an option to make it permanent or not. 
whether they actually do that or no, I, 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 I suppose depends on whether they're in the Premier League or the Championship mm. next season, doesn't it? If they're in the Championship, they may be more inclined to do it. If they're in the Premier League, they'll probably be looking at someone who's better, to put it bluntly. Wow. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That, that's why I found this whole thing a bit strange. Because, I mean, put it this way, Justin, how often have we seen a player who's not really featured for a mid-table Championship side this season going to on loan to a top two team. It's, I can't recall anything like it before. So it's certainly strange in that respect. But you know what? Let's wait and see. If he's just there for squad depth, then it doesn't really matter much, does it? Um, meanwhile, Ipswich have also confirmed the signing of Jeremy Sarmiento on loan from Brighton. He was on loan at West Brom. Didn't really play that much. But, you know, Ipswich have a bit more in the final third. So we'll wait and see on that front. Speaking of which, and talking about a bit more in the final third, Huddersfield made a bright start to the January transfer window. They have brought in young Chelsea winger Alex Matos, very high-rated players, appeared on the bench multiple times in the Premier League this season. They've also signed Spanish striker Bojan Radulovic from Finnish side HJK Helsinki. Uh, 25 goals in 42 games last season for him, including in the Champions League qualifying stages. So, interesting, Justin. They need a striker, don't they? They definitely need a striker. They need presence in that final third as well. And they've got a player who's six foot three here. So, you know, he adds someone who's taller than Danny Ward. And, uh, well, Bergsorg's quite tall, but he's you know, more of a gangly. But that's beside the point. Um He's got a pedigree of scoring goals. I'm not, I'm don't, I can't profess to know much about the, the Finnish leagues, but if he's played in Europe, um, he takes penalties. He's got this pedigree of scoring goals. He's six foot three, so he's physical. He came through the Brighton. Well, he didn't come through the Brighton Academy, but he was in the Brighton Academy at one point as well. Which they've got a good eye for picking out young talent. Um, and he's, you know, his career's only just got going um, at uh, at Helsinki. So yeah, this could be the catapult he needs. Um, but Huddersfield, they, they've made the start they needed to. Um, this January, which is the main takeaway from from these two signings. Yeah, well, his goal record in Finland is impressive. And I'm sure Huddersfield have done their due diligence and haven't just signed him because he won the golden boots in Finland last season. <laughs> they desperately need a striker, so it'll be interesting to see if he is the answer. The obvious concerns are, yes, he scored a lot of goals in the Finnish league, but it is the Finnish league. So the standard isn't great there. If you look at his goal record prior to the most recent season as well. It's not brilliant. So I, I don't know if he's going to be a success. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. He's a big lad. So will suit how Huddersfield wants to play. Will he score the goals that they desperately need? I don't think anyone can say for sure. So only time will tell. Meanwhile, Jordan Rhodes will remain at Blackpool for the remainder of the season. There were reports Huddersfield could recall him from his loan there, but that's not happening now. So a lot of pressure on Radulovic to be the hitman in front of goal, isn't he? Um, Stoke have made a couple of loan signings. They brought in goalkeeper Daniel Evenson on loan from Leicester, while Luke Condell, who we were mentioning earlier, was on loan at Plymouth earlier in the season, has now joined for the remainder of the season as well. Evenson's a good keeper, isn't he? Surprised he hasn't played yeah, fantastic regularly there, um, or anywhere for that matter. Mm. Um, Kundal's done really well at Plymouth so far, so decent little move there from Stoke. Blackburn have loaned in at Brighton midfielder Yasin Ayari. The young Swede has been at Coventry, but struggled to make an impact, hasn't he, this season, Justin? Yeah, we were excited back in the summer, weren't we, um, when, he, when he initially joined Cov, but just hasn't worked out. Um, I think there's been a system change, obviously going from a, um, a five at the back to a four at the back and a four-two-three-one, which means... 
he's probably not got room. Mark, Mark, uh, Mark Robbins probably hasn't got room for him. It's been a new squad that's been settling in, so it's probably been a lot of variables working against him. But Blackburn's a great place for an education. You know, Tyler Mortar did well last season on loan. Adam Morton's broken through over the last couple of seasons. John Dyle Thomason is probably the, the best coach to be um, to be playing under if you're a technical midfielder, and I think he'll get the best out of him. Plymouth have signed Tottenham defender Ashley Phillips on loan until the end of the season. So it's not all bad for Ian Foster. It's not been a complete disaster in terms of the transfer window. He's a highly rated lad. They paid quite a lot of money to get him from Blackburn in the summer, didn't they? So I'd be interested to see what he's all about and whether um, how good he is at this level in particular. Sheffield Wednesday have signed Brighton goalkeeper James Beadle on loan until the end of the season. He had been on loan at Oxford in League One where he made 25 appearances. Wednesday have been very keen to get a new goalkeeper in. So Beadle's very highly rated. I think he's only 19, so quite mm-hmm. young for a goalkeeper. But yeah, let's see what he's all about. And the final bit of transfer news, Justin, is Leeds United. They've terminated the loan spell of right-back Jed Spence. He's only started five league games this season. And speaking about the decision, Daniel Farker said, obviously, it's important, the potential and the quality of the player. But it's also its professionalism, its discipline, its workload on and off the pitch. So sounds like it's an attitude issue, Justin, which has been a problem before in his career, I'm afraid to say, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a long time since he was pictured at Wembley with a cigar in his mouth um, in the change rooms, isn't it? It's... It's a weird one. It's a strange one, in fact. He's, he's a good player with a lot of quality. We know this. Um, he was one of the best or the best right wing back um, when Forrest went up a couple of seasons ago. Sometimes moves just are right for you. They're right for a person. They're right for a player. And I don't think the Spurs, Spurs move has been particularly great. And obviously, this one, this one to Leeds hasn't been ideal either. And we've seen players go from the Championship to Spurs and, and not be a success. Jack Clark's a great example. He's recovered his career. And I think Jed Spence will do the same because he's got an abundance of quality. So it's hard to say. I don't want to point the finger towards him having attitude problems. Perhaps he's struggled to settle. Perhaps he's believed his own hype too much. Daniel Falker has pretty much said he's got an attitude problem. Yeah, but I, I don't want to point the finger at him. I'm, just, I'm being kind. I'm trying to give him an out. You know, I think it's a case of he maybe believed his own hype too much. Obviously, the, the forest loan and then the move to, move to Spurs. Um, sometimes players need moments to, to bring them back down to earth. And this, this might be it for him. So, yeah, enormous quality. Clearly, he's humbling. And this might be it. Well, well it's very disappointing, isn't it? This was a great opportunity for him to get his career on back on track and he's seemingly squandered it. I mean, cast your mind back a couple of seasons ago, Justin, we were foaming at the mouth at how good he was <laughs> for Forrest and he, he, he genuinely was probably in their top three performers in their promotion season, wasn't he? So the fact his career has since then been 30 minutes played in total at Spurs and yeah. then two failed loan spells at Wren and Leeds, it's really quite sad. And mm-hmm. he's going on loan to... Genoa in Italy next but it's hard to see that being a success after his last two loan spells didn't work so it's just it's just a real shame on my behalf and I'd like to say hopefully he'll get his career back on track but I'm not too hopeful at the moment yeah what I will say is you get a low move to Leeds you've got to really make it matter you've got to make it count because you can really leave a lasting impression on on Leeds supporters Leeds are a big football club big big football club big supporters um, yeah, and they're, they're well backed and they've got an opportunity to get promotion this season and you've got to take that seriously and obviously he hasn't he hasn't um, and that's the big opportunity wasted for Jed Spence because obviously it was an opportunity to get his uh, career back on track and also really make this loan count um, and it's not been the case and he's I mean Italy's a nice place there's 
pasta's great over there, but you're a long way from home. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in a Cornwall is a man sat in, <laughs> sat next to a lake fishing and he's pissing himself at the thought of Jed Spence not being the success that he thought he was after Jed Spence called him out on Twitter after the playoff final. But we'll leave that one there, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a news roundup of everything that's happened in the championship from the past week and a bit since just now I last spoke, basically. Um, so we'll continue to monitor the transfer window as it is open. And we'll next be back tomorrow for our preview show, sponsored by SBK, where we'll be having a look ahead to the weekend, making some predictions and talking about the big games in the championship. So we look forward to seeing you then. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. I've been Ryan Dill. I've been Justin Peach. And a big thank you for listening. Second Tier is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. 